new sound for your Sunday morning. The only one who could ever teach me. Introducing the Reverend A.R. Bernard of the Christian Cultural Center. Was the son of a preacher man. And Rabbi Joseph Fantasnik of Religion on the Line. The only one who could ever teach me. Now, now on 77 WABC, The Rev and the Rabbi, where faith matters. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, if I could paraphrase from uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, I would say there's a time to celebrate and there's a time to commiserate. Uh, Tonight, we Jews uh, begin a celebration of Shavuot of Pentecost. At the same time, when you look at the news, we see what's going on in Israel, and it's hard to celebrate. So there is that conflict of emotion. But for one moment, let me just say that Shavuot, or Pentecost, uh, is a holy festival. It commemorates the giving of the Torah. And we have a wonderful tradition where when you look at a Torah, it has over 300,000 letters. If one letter is faded, if one letter is missing, the entire Torah is invalid. You have to correct it. And that Mm. says to us that every member of our people matters very much. So let me ask you a question, because, you know, Pentecost literally means 50, and it celebrates for us as Christians the year of Jubilee, Mm -hmm. uh, where God is engaged in forgiveness, uh, forgiveness of sins, forgiveness of debt, which was celebrated under Jewish law, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And it is Pentecost Sunday for us, which is a celebration of the birthing of the Christian church on the day of Pentecost. Hmm. And, uh, you know, that's part of our celebration. Isn't it amazing how it's uh, so parallel that we can share in different ways the meaning of these dates and times and festivals? You know, I once saw our beautiful blessing, which says, may the branches be as strong as the roots. And we have very strong roots, common roots, uh, and also we have branches from them. Yeah. Uh, and the branches can live side by side. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always taken by how how different and how similar we are simultaneously. I can look at your Pentecost, you can look at my Pentecost and say, well, there are differences, but there are similarities. And there is that common uh, foundation. And I, I just think that people, if they only take the time to, to study uh, the beauty of our respective traditions, I think they would see there is much that can be learned, uh, even in this modern age, from looking back at the past. Absolutely. And we've, we've got a desk, I guess. I mean, it's been a tough week uh, in, in, in Israel, you know, uh, the violence. And it's not a new violence. It's an old violence. Yeah. And uh, we have a guest that's going to be with us to talk about that, correct? Yeah, look, we've spoken of peace so often in our traditions. We'll continue to pray for peace. But it's going to take, obviously, more than prayer to bring about peace. So we'll discuss what's going on in the Middle East. And uh, hopefully there's going to be a, a resolution and we'll begin a new day. But until that happens... Uh, you know, my mother would say, God will help, but who will help until he helps? It's getting to that point that it's going to be a, a very painful one. And yeah. our guest so is... So we have the... Uh, you Go ahead. You no, the Consul General. The Consul General. Yeah, right. Israel needs son. Uh, yeah. And we look forward to that discussion. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more of The Rev and the Rabbi. Where faith matters. The Rev and the Rabbi. 77 WABC. 
Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, uh, this is a very difficult time for the Jewish people, uh, and that's why it's so important to have this conversation with the Consul General of Israel, Israel Nitzan, whom we've come to know and respect uh, during the time we've been privileged to be with him. Consul General, thank you so much for taking the time in a week that has become impossible, I'm sure for you and for so many others, but thank you for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. So, it is often said that Gaza is a prison. You can't get in, you can't get out. I tell you, for a place that's uh, depicted as a prison, they seem to be able to get a lot of missiles in there. So, something is wrong with the narrative. <clears throat> Gaza, is, uh, Gaza is controlled by... Well, the question is guard in this prison because uh, Gaza is uh, actually, for the last 15 years, is controlled by, by a terrorist organization, Hamas. Um, and they, what they're doing is investing their resources in uh, military buildup, in developing rockets, in uh, uh, weapons uh, uh, depots, and uh, instead of investing in the people of, of, of Gaza, and instead of investing in vaccines, to the people of, uh, of Gaza, to the Palestinians in Gaza, instead of investing also in their water uh, 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 infrastructure. So they, they uh, basically, they, they uh, invest in the wrong things, and, uh, and you know, if, if you develop certain weapons, you also use it. Uh, this is a terrorist organization, and they are trying to uh, kill as many Israelis as they can. Um, and again, unfortunately, instead of investing and, and, and basically taking care of their own, uh, their own people in the government's trip. Uh, Council General Reverend Bernard here. Um, you know, if we don't understand yesterday, we'll be confused about today. That's the saying. And there are those, I'm sure, in our audience who don't understand the history of this. And we can go back to, you know, World War I in 1920, but I think the 1947 partition is where the tension really begins, and it was played out. Can you just speak to that history? Um, well, uh, well, the partition uh, plan of the of the the UN partition plan actually divided uh, the uh, the land uh, between two two peoples. One, the goal, at least the vision of the UN, uh, in a resolution that was celebrated by the Jewish population in in in, in Israel, was to establish a, a Jewish state and an Arab state. Um, well. We, we said yes uh, immediately, and uh, in 1948 we established our own independent state. Uh, the Palestinians said no, and unfortunately they haven't yet made, made the right decision uh, uh, and to, to prioritize the establishment of their own independent state while calling for the annihilation of the state of Israel. Uh, what we're seeing here is the continuation of this, uh, of this trend of, one, first of all, making poor choices, um, and, and thinking that they can get rid of the state of Israel, Hamas, uh, Hamas's uh, charter is, is, is genocidal. They call for the total annihilation of the state of Israel, uh, and that's why we were looking at uh, this uh, situation in a, in a very, very serious manner because they clearly uh, would like to uh, to to kill all, uh, uh, you know, to, to destroy the state of Israel, to annihilate all the all the Jews in, in, in Israel. Uh, maybe I should uh, um, <clears throat> tell you that that you know in the last uh, three days we um, we um, Hamas launched two, more than two thousand rockets at our civilians. Uh, they shoot intentionally. They target uh, our communities, our civilian communities. Uh, they 
Actually, you know, as a, as a, as a terrorist organization, an Islamist terrorist, terrorist organization that uh, pretends to uh, to speak on behalf of uh, of uh, as, as the defenders of Jerusalem and the holy sites. Um, on on Monday, uh, they actually launched the uh, uh, the first barrage of rockets uh, at Jerusalem. Uh, and think about the hypocrisy. Uh, so they targeted Jerusalem, the holiest uh, place for the Jews, um, and the third holy city uh, for for the Muslims. Um, since then, we uh, we have um, this. This is you know. So for the last uh, three days, uh, we've had already more than two thousand rockets shot at our civilians. Uh, we have Israelis. Six Israeli citizens were killed. Um, uh, including the last one yesterday was a five-year-old child um, and, and, and a tragedy. Um, we have one Indian national who was killed as well from direct hit and also one IDF officer that was killed by an anti-tank missile that was shot at uh, his uh, car from uh, from the Gaza Strip. This is a... Uh, it was a, it is it was a Russian cornet missile that was probably provided to Hamas by by Iran, as far as we understand. And we simply cannot tolerate it anymore, and uh, we will need to retaliate in a very very uh, um, uh, let's say clear way, and to to uh, reach a situation in which Hamas does not have. Uh, their military capabilities does not have any means to manufacture more rockets. Uh, does not have means to uh, to dig tunnels underneath the border in order to uh, smuggle the people, their commando units, into Israel and to attack our communities. And uh, and we will do whatever is needed. And of course, our campaign, the military campaign, is against military targets of Hamas, not against the Palestinian civilians in the Gaza Strip. And uh, this is a precise and targeted uh, action against terrorists. And uh, we're acting on uh, basically the government is not only has, has, the, has the, the government does not only have the right to uh, to protect uh, uh, its uh, uh, civilians, but actually the government has the obligation to protect uh, the Israeli civilians. And this is what they're doing. Council General so, so at the core of this, uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi, I just wanted to pick up uh, what he said in the beginning. So at the core of this, and from the very beginning, is Israel's right to exist as a nation, the state of Israel's right to exist. And from the beginning, that was not uh, embraced or accepted uh, by the Palestinians, correct? Indeed, indeed. It was not accepted uh, right from the beginning. And, uh, and uh, you know, they, they still, you know, Hamas uh, from the Gaza Strip believe that they can launch this attack, uh, you know, in order to, uh, again, with the view of, of, of uh, 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 the vision, their vision of annihilating the, uh, the Jewish state. And yeah. it won't happen. Reverend, I'm glad you said that about the right to exist, because certainly history has shown over the years that if the Palestinian Authority had accepted that right to exist and been willing to sit down and negotiate a settlement, we wouldn't be at this point. But they rejected time after time, and now we're faced with an extremist group, a terrorist group, that is calling the shots. Um, one of the things that I find very troubling, Consul General Nitsan, is some of the media depictions. I was reading an article written by Barry Weiss. I don't know if you saw the article. And no, she okay. said that... There are those who look at the terrorism of Hamas and refer to it as self-defense. And there are those who look at 
the self-defense of Israel and call it terrorism. And there's this failure to make a moral distinction between one who perpetrates an act of terrorism and one who tries to prevent further acts of terrorism. And that has got to be so disheartening when you're trying to protect your people and you're being accused of being a terrorist state. I, I, well, I, I agree with that. Um, there is a need for moral clarity. This is an asymmetric conflict. This is an asymmetric war between a sovereign state that is committed to uh, uh, the international law. We're doing whatever we can in order to avoid and to prevent harming uh, civilians. Uh, Palestinian uh, innocent civilians on the Palestinian side, and we're fighting against a terror organization that has no rules. They shoot uh, 2,000 rockets in order to kill Israeli civilians. And somehow, you know, I, I found it, um, I, I, I read some of the statements issued uh, uh, following, uh, by, by, by also by elected officials, following uh, uh, certain, following the, the events, when they were basically creating some kind of a of a of an equation or, or hinting for for that, basically condemning uh, Hamas for shooting rockets, uh, trying to kill Israeli civilians, and 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 Israel for doing other things uh, in in the West Bank and in Jerusalem, basically guaranteeing the the law and order as a sovereign state. There is a need for more clarity here, and there cannot be such a linkage between between a sovereign state fighting uh, in order to protect its civilians um, and a terror organization that is that all its that its goal is to to annihilate the uh, the people over there in Israel. Yeah, I think that's why the history is so important because from the very beginning of a resolution to solve this. Um, Israel has been defending itself. I mean, uh, the attacks on cafes and, and, and Molotov cocktails being thrown into shops and synagogues being set on fire, uh, Arab gunmen, you know, attacking Jewish uh, um, entities. I mean, that was the initial reaction to this resolution, resolution that was supposed to bring, bring peace and establish an environment where there would be uh, uh, justice, e- equality of all the inhabitants, irrespective of, of their religion or their race or their sex. You know, that was all built into the original agreement. But from the very beginning, uh, the reaction was violence. So it has been you know, 60, 70 years of Israel protecting itself. And I think it's important for people to understand that history. And maybe we should we should also emphasize that Israel, um, since day one, since the, our declaration of independence, we called on our neighbors to accept us as legitimate neighbors, as peaceful neighbors, and, and to sign, basically to have peaceful, friendly uh, uh, relationship. Uh, in in our in, in the in the Middle East, um, as as our legendary foreign minister used to say, uh, the Palestinians never missed and never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Yeah. There were there been so many so many opportunities to 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 negotiate to agree on uh, on a on a on modalities for peaceful existence coexistence between Jews and, and Palestinians between Israelis because Israelis are not only Jews we have 20 percent uh, uh, um, Arab community 20 percent of our population is, is is Arab 
and uh, and uh, they uh, they are they enjoy full rights as as full uh, as, as citizens of the state of Israel. So so there should be again our offer was to to to, uh, to have peace to live in peace in, in this uh, in this holy land, and they rejected. They kept on rejecting this uh, these offers. By the way, also recently. Uh, this this year was is a very special year because because uh, six uh, more than six months ago nine months ago Israel uh, agreed reached an agreement with uh, with the United Arab Emirates and uh, and Bahrain to uh, mm-hmm. and we signed an agree- an agreement with them a peace agreement the uh, the Abraham Accords now the Abraham Accords is following the, this, the, the signing the uh, this specific agreement with 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 the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, we have already two uh, additional neighbors uh, in in our neighborhood, both Morocco and Sudan, joining this peace camp. In addition to our strategic and historic agreement with Egypt and and Jordan, so we have a group of countries that have the opportunity that actually call for regional peace. The Abraham Accords are the basis, are the first step. Uh, let's say contemporary first step for regional peace, and and we we have called you know since the signing of the uh, of the Abraham Accords, we called on the Palestinian on our Palestinian neighbors to join, and the the answer was a total rejection of it, and they rejected also the United Arab Emirates, and they criticized the United Arab Emirates for that. So unfortunately, yes, still they miss an opportunity, a great opportunity to to end this conflict. Um, and uh, and uh, and I think that uh, it, it's you know it, it's heartbreaking to see that that we simply cannot uh, reach any end to this to this conflict because of the Palestinian rejectionism. So one of the things that I find troubling, people look at numbers. They see fifty six dead on one side, uh, you know, in in Gaza six on the Israeli side, and they don't take the time to recognize that when you're fighting a terrorist power and the terrorists use children as weapons, they, uh, you know, they, they put them in places where they're, they're uh, hurling uh, the missiles, where they use a house of worship as a house of weapons, you're going to have that imbalance. Uh, you know, this, this idea of proportionality, where if you have six dead on one side, you have to have six dead on the other side, uh, makes no sense. I mean, you want to stop the other side, and the other side is not playing by rules, as you said. I think people have to look at the numbers in a in a in a more uh, careful examination, and not just you know play one number against the other. So, so I will, I will, uh, um, I, I want to add that, that two two points to this. One, first of all, you're totally right. The Palestinian the Hamas is actually uh, committing a double war crime. Not only shooting at our civilians, but actually hiding behind Palestinian civilians and basically inviting the IDF to retaliate against the sources of fire. And this is their view of this is their the, this is their intention uh, to to lead to more Palestinian casualties. And we're not going to be dragged into this uh, into this uh, uh, dangerous game by Hamas. So this is a double war crime, targeting our communities from within civilian, Palestinian civilian communities. But but I, I want to say one more thing. And, you know, out of these 2,000 rockets that were launched only in the last three days, about 30% of them, we're talking about hundreds of rockets, fell short in the Gaza Strip. Uh, they did not even manage to cross, you know, the the, the line, the border into into Israeli uh, territory. So, 
So by falling 30%, hundreds of rockets actually fell in the Gaza Strip, putting Palestinian lives in danger. We believe that that there are Palestinian casualties following these failed shootings. And Hamas, of course, put the blame on Israel for these casualties. I want to say one more thing, that usually the numbers that we receive from the Gaza Strip, the source of the number is the Palestinian Ministry of Health, the Gaza Ministry of Health, that is actually controlled by Hamas, the, the terrorist organization. So you cannot, uh, uh, you know, these numbers are not reliable. And and we, we, we should not look at, at, at the numbers. Again, as I said, some of them were killed, actually, unfortunately, some of them were victims of these failed shootings by, by Hamas. Hamas should not shoot rockets at all. Hamas should, 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 should basically turn these rockets, these pipes that they turn into rockets, into pipelines in order to, to, to bring uh, fresh water to their population, to their communities. They should use the cement, instead of digging tunnels to attack Israel, they should use the cement in order to build schools. This is what they should do. They should govern, and they fail to do that. And this is, this is the problem in our region, and this is the problem where we need to deal with right now. And what we, basically what we're doing these days is to urge our friends in, in the international community to, uh, first of all, to acknowledge our right to, uh, to defend our communities and to defend ourselves. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I you know, we, we do call on our friends uh, to, to unequivocally condemn the, the Palestinian and Hamas uh, uh, rocket fire. Um, and and there is one more thing that we need to talk about, which is the process leading to this escalation, which is inciting to violence, because this is what they're doing. They're inciting to violence. They're building up the tension, and uh, and eventually, what we see here today is the outcome, is the result of incitement. Words yeah. kill in the Middle East. Rene Argonard, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, the Rev and the Rabbi. Faith Matters, 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. You're listening to the Reverend the Rabbi here on WABC Radio uh, and our guest, the Council General of Israel. Uh, Council General, how do you respond to the allegations um, um, that the situation at Sheikh Harah was a power grab by the Israelis? I have to say that you know the, the issue of of, of Sheikh Jarrah is, is 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 a legal matter that is being deliberated by by now by the Supreme Court after having been deliberated in two previous courts, uh, both in, in in Jerusalem, the local court, and then the district court in Jerusalem, and then it was brought up to the to the Supreme Court. Both courts before that rejected. Uh, the uh, the claims by the people who actually who, who claim to to be the owners and, and then the, the tenants uh, of the, of uh, these uh, properties the court rejected it uh, these are there are agreements based on on uh, part of the of the uh, property law in Israel is based on based on the Ottoman legislation uh, it's a historic legislation and this is basically a, a, a legal dispute between private organizations and private people. It has nothing to do with the state of Israel. And of course, we reject, of course, Hamas's attempt to turn it into this legal matter, into a national struggle and a cause for, for incitement and, and, and violence. So hmm. one of the things that uh, 
is obviously very troubling is, you know, there's been a history of uh, Israeli Arabs and uh, Jews living together, take, for example, in Haifa and so many other places. You go to Israel, you go to a hospital uh, and you see um, Arab doctors and Arab nurses working side by side uh, with members of the Jewish people. This has got to be a great setback uh, when you see uh, citizens in Haifa fighting with one another. Uh, how does one, I mean, how are we ever going to get back to where we need to be when we never expected this to take place? First of all, it is heartbreaking to see that such things uh, occur in Israel. Israel is a, is a democratic uh, country, and uh, Israel is a diverse and a pluralist uh, society. Um, we have people from different uh, uh, backgrounds and origins. Some of them are Arabs, some of them are Jews, uh, some from other places, as I mentioned, even an Indian national was 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 killed by 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 one of Hamas's uh, rockets. The point here is that you have people who uh, preach for uh, um, for who are very loud and preach for violence, and they must be stopped. In a as and and this is what the government is doing right now. By the way, on both sides, um, what I think is uh, that, and you could actually see today. Uh, first of all, officially, the government, both the pre- both President Rivlin and the Prime Minister condemned these this uh, violence and uh, and called uh, uh, on uh, um, by, um, instructed the police first of all to take care of that uh, and uh, and uh, basically called on um, the, uh, the the majority the silent majority of the people who want to live together in peace and coexistence and this is the vast majority of the of the people in Israel both Arabs and Jews uh, to uh, to to stand by to stand by each other and to take care of each other, and to to show that we are one people and we uh, and we are together. I think that the vast majority of the of the of the people in Israel, both Jews and Arabs, share this view of of a of a, of a shared you know future for for Jews and and Arabs. We have twenty percent of the Israeli population is uh, is, is Arab. Uh, I think that's what happened uh, in, during this year of the pandemic, as, as Rabbi you mentioned, is that people realize that you know we're we are together. There is uh, this external threat of the of, of the COVID of COVID nineteen of the virus that threatens not only our community but our lives. And the people who actually save them are we're not you know uh, we're not from their community. Uh, people were saved by Arab doctors and Arab nurses in the hospitals, and they realized that we are one. We are one people, and we need to live together. So, uh, while people may perceive this as a setback, I think that I think that it does not represent the majority of the people. I'm not saying that things are perfect in Israel, uh, and, and there is no there, no place is perfect, and in, in every society there are and disagreements between between communities. But I think that the vast majority of the, of the people in Israel believe in this shared future, this, this you know, that, that, that we have a future together as one country, one state, and one people. And, Council General, um, the reality is that Hamas is not 
necessarily indigenous and working on its own. It's backed by Iran, who's made it clear that the annihilation of the state of Israel and the Jewish people is their prophetic uh, agenda. So, yeah, there there is almost the presence of a foreign influence that is inciting this. Can you speak to that? Yes. Well, Hamas is is a, a proxy of uh, of Iran. Hamas also has has uh, its own uh, interests. Um, I, I think that what what we're seeing in in our region is that there are Iranian fingerprints in each and every area of tension and conflict and bloodshed. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, the rocket, the, the, the missile, the anti-tank missile that killed one of our soldiers yesterday was probably smuggled in, into the Gaza Strip by, by Iran. The, the technology, the know-how to manufacture the, the, the rockets was provided by Iran. Um, Iran calls uh, publicly, explicitly, they do not even hide their, uh, their uh, uh, vision of the annihilation of, of the state of Israel. They call it. They call the, for the for the destruction of Israel publicly. Uh, they do not hide it, and uh, and uh, and Iran Iran must be stopped. Uh, Iran should face again should should face maximum pressure by the international community to change its behavior. It's an aggressive and a destabilizing factor in our region. What we're seeing with Hamas is also true today. Will will happen uh, tomorrow in, in, in from Lebanon with uh, Hezbollah that has 150,000 rockets and missiles, very advanced missiles that were provided by Iran. So they, Iran is basically surrounding us with uh, with its proxies, with its weapons, and uh, and Iran must be stopped. We're going to let you go. I know you have other commitments during this uh, most challenging time, but before we do that. You know, uh, Reverend Bernard has been to Israel nine times and hopefully soon will be the tenth time. Talk to the Christian audience that has been very supportive of Israel uh, throughout its history. You know, uh, our relationship here with the Jewish community is, is, is important, but I think that at least for us here at the consulate, uh, the relationship, building the relationship with other communities is even, even is not less important, even maybe I may say even more. Um, the support to the uh, to the state of Israel is 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 of utmost importance here in the United States. Um, we, you know, we 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 are here and we speak with people and we engage with people. Uh, we know the difficulties and we know the complexities and uh, and sometimes people may perceive um, again uh, make the this linkage between. A certain situation in our region and a certain situation here, which, from my point of view, is not the same. But mm-hmm. it is very, very important for us to have a conversation. And and again, I, I, I respect and I appreciate and I thank the Reverend for for actually inviting me to this uh, to this show and for his friendship. First of all, uh, you know, the, the Reverend visited Israel uh, uh, several times. This is the way to build a relationship to know. What is going on in in Israel to know uh, each other? Uh, so we are here in the United States, and we hope that as many people could hopefully, when when the, the restrictions due to the pandemic are over, uh, we'll be able to travel soon, and we will encourage people to travel to Israel to to have this first person uh, 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 experience 
uh, in, in knowing the Israelis, knowing the country, and, and building our friendship. Because it's so important for all of us. See, wherever you heard Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just going to say that, that you know, what, what he said is so important when he said that it's complex. And the Arab-Israeli uh, conflict is complex and layered. Too often, those in my own Christian community tend to oversimplify it. Uh, but it's very complex. It's very layered and must be understood in its complexity. Yeah. But there is that overall understanding that Israel has the right to exist as a nation. And it needs friends. Yeah. And um, that's what's going to make the difference and has made the difference throughout uh, the history uh, of the Israeli people. You've heard it, Rev. Uh, he may need the Rev more than the rabbi. I, I heard it before as well. <laughs> you know. No, but I think it, it shows that we have a responsibility to continue to strengthen our relationship with one another um, because it's, you know, no one, no one should be defending terrorism. There's no, there's no moral defense for it. So we can criticize Israel, um, but at the end of the day, Jews have a right to a homeland, have a right to exist, and we need friends. And thankfully, Reb, you've been on the, uh, that side. And uh, Consul General Nitsan, uh, I cannot say thank you enough to you uh, because I've been with you uh, during much of this past week and seen what you have endured, uh, and you have stood strong and stood tall uh, as a proud uh, Israeli, as a proud Jew. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And our prayers go out for both the people of Israel and the Palestinians as well. Yeah. Peace for both. Because unfortunately, both innocent people are suffering because of the ambitions of a few. So definitely our prayers are with you, Council General. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. And we'll be back with more of the Rev and the Rabbi right here on W. A, B, C. I memorized that. Is it? Boy, you caught your, your <laughs> cue. You got it, Rabbi. All right. We'll be back. Reverend A.R. Bernard, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, where faith matters. The Rev and the Rabbi, 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, throughout the interview, I was thinking, when you mentioned the word layered, too often people look for a simplistic explanations to complex problems and in order to understand history you have to read history to get it you know through a truncated version on some platform uh, does not give you the the whole story uh, and and I think if people want to address it honestly then they have to know what's happened over the years I just Absolutely. yeah I just sit with frustration when I think back of all the attempts that have been made uh, to sit with Palestinians, to make concessions, to say, look, we need to live together. Uh, We can't continue on a path of war. Um, And all of those offers were rejected um, time after time. And look at where we are. And because the Palestinian Authority uh, has become weak, Hamas has become strong. uh, And, you know, if if Hamas becomes the spokesperson for the Palestinians, what do you have then? Um, you're, You're at a dead end, so to speak. Yeah, it's a tough situation, and I think that before we can consider where we go from here, we have to understand, uh, how did we get here? And that's understanding history. I love history. History gives me context. It gives me an understanding of how we got to where we are today. 
and I think that empowers us to make better decisions, better judgments that are are, are more balanced. Yeah. Look, I, I look at you know the uh, possible eviction of the families in Shejara, and um, you know I understand the you know that creates uh, ill will. Uh, people looking at that, but if that's all you look at and don't look at the rest of the story, you don't have a clear view of what's happening. And no matter what position you take, and I've had this discussion with others, a legal dispute should not become a lethal dispute. You know, mm. you fight it out in the courts, as we do here. Evictions are fought here uh, all the time. But you don't, you don't kill people. Uh, you know, you try to find legal recourse, and I understand you can be frustrating, but what you have now does not help anybody on any side. And uh, I think people have to make those moral distinctions. And it's difficult because people will criticize and judge. You know, there's a wonderful passage in the Hebrew Bible, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Hebrew Scriptures. I get it. But in the Psalms, and David, you know, is is, is talking about his, his conflict. And he says this in, in, in the, the um, gosh, it was the 55th Psalm. And it says, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but mm-hmm. war was in his heart. And it's difficult to make peace. In fact, I don't think you can make peace with someone who has war in their hearts. Yeah, and that's and, real. Yeah, and look at again history and you find that Egypt and Jordan and now you have the Abrahamic Accords, countries that have been courageous coming forward and saying, "Look, we can't continue on the path we were on before, but we have to sit and really work together so that we have a place where we can live together." They have been successful. Uh, yeah, people yeah. who genuinely, you know, it says, you know, our, our prayers say, love peace and pursue peace, which means the following. There are many people who talk about their love for humanity. They don't visit the person next door. Uh, there are people who talk about their love for peace, but they don't make the effort to achieve peace. So you have to right. pursue it. It doesn't come to you. You've got to go after it. Um, and I, I just wish we reached today because there's too much bloodshed. Um, yeah. and you, you've got to, like you said, you've got to want peace. And that's why I say you can't make peace with someone who has war in their heart. Because if they have war in their heart, they don't want peace. Uh, another another principle uh, is that you, 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 you cannot make peace with someone who thinks that you're the problem. When they're convinced that you are their problem, all right, they're going to continue to want to eradicate you, to remove you. And think that by removing you, they'll remove the problem, you know. But the, the 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 Jew is not the problem. It is it is something that has to be worked out. And when we look back at the original Declaration, which clearly stated uh, the rules that would respect freedom of religion, uh, 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 you know, race, ethnicity, sex, all of those things was built into it, but it was rejected. And yeah. and there has been conflict ever since. And that was, what, 1947? Yeah. And it then 48, of course, yeah. Yeah. right. And, and I think Palestinians have to look within also and say, where has our rejectionism brought us? Where are we as a result of those? Are we in a better place than we were years ago? Or will we not be in a better place if we had... You know, sat down and negotiated, but it's look. I it's never. I hope it's never too late to find peace, and I hope that you know when this finally settles down, that people recognize that you know this has done nothing for our children, nothing except create 
loss of life. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we'll see. But there, you know, and I don't want to. I don't want to slay the hope. But you know, in both of our faith traditions, in Jewish and Christian tradition, we believe that we can do everything we can to move towards conversation, relationship, building of friendship. But ultimately, we believe that it's going to require divine intervention in order to resolve the conflicts of war, the wonderful passage that they'll study no more, no more. That right. They'll beat their, um, their, their, their swords into plowshares. You know? I mean, that whole idea, uh, I believe, is going to take something greater than us, but we have a responsibility to work towards peace in everything that we do. Our New Testament says, blessed are well, the peacemakers. Yeah. Well, know? as a uh, Israeli statesman said years ago, we choose, uh, don't believe in divine miracles, we depend on them. So, yeah. uh, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we're going to need, we're going to need a real intercession here. So, uh, hopefully, in our t- yeah. in our time, we will see the arrival uh, of a new day. But it's going to take much effort on both sides to bring that about. Thank you. Well said, Rabbi. Great program. I think so. And, and uh, you know what it is? Because we can come here, and I, and I really mean this, we can sit and have a conversation, and you don't have to compromise who you are, and I don't compromise who I am, and we can make it coincide. We can find common ground. And if there's disagreement, so be it. Uh, yeah. But we can still have that respectful disagreement. Thank you so much. You mean we can disagree without losing our identity? Uh, you know, we can. I wish others had the same, you know, the same standard. <laughs> That's I, I just, what it's going to take. I have no patience for people who compromise who they are to, to kind of find favor with someone else because ultimately the person doesn't respect you more, respects you less. Thank That's you so right. much. All right. It's been great. And thank you for, again, tuning in to this incredible program called The Rev and the Rabbi. Rabbi. We'll be back next week. Right, Rabbi? God bless.